Good afternoon, and welcome to Daily Caffefe with Carter and Carrie. Carter almost did a spit take. I can see him. I don't know why. Anyway, today's fun. Why is it funny that you? I don't know. <laughs> you and I were laughing beforehand. I don't know why. It was just funny. Sometimes the openings are just. Fun. I just had to laugh. I don't know what it was. I want to do because because we'll be talking about something that's like, "Good afternoon." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, welcome to Daily Cafe with Carter and Carrie. Today is Monday, November 18th, and we want to say thank you to everyone who participated in book club last night. It was a lot of fun. We discussed um, Greg Lukianoff Luke, and Jonathan Haidt. I, I can never get Greg's last name right. Anyway, we discussed Jonathan Haidt's book, uh, The Coddling of the American Mind, and if you guys haven't seen it, there's a video of it, and we had a lot of great people participating, and it was very enjoyable. We'll be deciding on a on the next book soon. Yes, which I'm hoping is going to be fiction of some kind, but I could get overruled. We'll see. Madness of Crowds is definitely on the list of something we want to do. I just I, I need a break. We need a buffer. We we were thinking of doing the Madness of Crowds by Douglas Murray next, but given that some of it it's similar to the subject matter and the coddling of the American mind. It's like, we need a buffer in between the two. So we might do a fiction in between. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll chat about it. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but it was a lot of fun last night. So thank you everyone yes. for participating. Carrie, you shared an article. Uh, can I, can I show everyone the headline that you shared? And Please. Uh, it is, uh, it's such a beautiful, I mean, how woke can you get? Phil Casey says, why I'm not applying for a promotion. Phil Casey outlines one proactive step to support diversity in his workplace. Phil Casey is a conservation biologist at the University of Adelaide in Australia. And this is from Nature Magazine. And Carrie, uh, I, let me just ask you the obvious question first. Will this get Phil laid? <laughs> well, I don't know. He might already be getting laid. Uh, this is just a... I, I see what you're saying there. This is a this is a reproduction strategy, right? Or this is a I think so. A getting laid I strategy. I for promotion so that women can get promoted. Here's what I think it is, and this is what I wrote when I shared it. Gross. Alternate title. I'm not applying for a promotion because I might not get it, and I'd rather write this long virtue signaling piece about sacrificing something I didn't get yet in order to garner praise and attention. Also, women need extra help. And because I'm a white man, I have a huge responsibility that others don't. Right. He says that at the end. He talks about his big responsibility because he's a white man. How racist yeah. and sexist can you get? Yeah, he does. I mean, the gist of the article is basically, it's a short one, but the gist is basically like, it kind of exactly like you said, it's I'm not going to apply for a promotion because women don't get promoted enough and there's too many men. And so look at my, look at the sacrifice I'm making, ladies, for you. Yeah. And which, by the way, is pretty arrogant also because it assumes that he would get the promotion over you. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm much better than you. So if I applied for the promotion, you ladies wouldn't get it. But don't worry. I'll step back and let the women get the promotion. Um, so, yeah. It's really upsetting. This, is, this idea is so prevalent on the left. And it's, it's not liberal. This is not a liberal idea. This is very sexist. He even talks about in the piece, and he's, he's happy about these positions that where you can only apply if you're a woman. And I'm like, that is so sexist. No, women don't need your charity, and they certainly don't need to be second-guessed 
when they get into these positions on why did they get here? Was it because they're a woman? Like that sucks. That really sucks. You were making everything worse for women, Phil Cassie, Phil Casey, whatever your name is. You make it worse. It's like counterproductive to what you claim to be doing. Yeah. Um, but may in fact be an excellent beta reproduction strategy. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, it, it reminded me actually of that other thing that you and I, I think you saw this on Twitter. Um, Claire Lehman from Quillette posted this. Oh gosh, this is awful. Right. It says actual slide at a conference for science teachers in the U.S. state of Washington. So this is up in Washington. And the slide says, for those listening, our responsibility with data, that's the title. And the text on the slide says, if you conclude that outcomes differences by demographic subgroup are a result of anything other than a broken system, that is, by definition, bigotry. And then bigotry's definition here is racism, classism, sexism, etc. It's not a joke. This is the slide. So they're saying, if you don't ascribe to the sacred univariate cause that we've said is the cause for everything, you are a bigot. And this is science teachers. This is what science teachers are being told. That's insane. Because science is supposed to be, you're looking for truth. You're not looking for something to validate your ideology, which is, that's what this, this says, hey, if there's any disparity, like, like if you look at, and, and by the way, they don't apply this across the board, as we talked about. They, they don't believe in universal principles. They don't look at the fact that most garbage collectors are men and say, well, that's as a result of sexism against men, you know, or that most occupational deaths, most, most people who die on the job are men. They don't look at that and say, that's because men are oppressed, you know, and if you decide anything else, then you're a bigot, you know? <laughs> so maybe this is a good time to remind people of something. I'm going to, uh, this is my crappy bell curve diet. Can you see this? Or is it too bright? Oh, great. Are we going to do bell curves now? I think we should just for a minute. Okay. Yeah. So there is an IQ distribution in any population and it generally looks something like a bell curve. And from my understanding, men and women, actually, if you draw their bell curves, I've exaggerated this a little bit, but men and women have roughly the same mean, roughly the same mean slash also I think roughly the same median. Um, I think there's some evidence that men on average are like a couple points maybe higher, but that's not even totally clear. So let's assume it's the same. It's roughly the same, okay? That's the IQ. However, men have much more of a variance, which means there's much more variability in men's IQ. This is science, by the way, science teachers in Washington. Uh, there's much more variance. So women have much tighter bell curve and men have much wider bell curve. So if you look at this graph, this inside bell curve would be women and the outside bell curve would be men. Now, this, this means basically nothing if you meet someone on the street. You have no idea where they are on any of these bell curves, and it doesn't, you can't predict anything about any individual based on their sex. However, let's say that you just cared about homeless people, and homeless was correlated to really low IQ. So let's just draw a line here and say all this stuff is, these are all homeless people. Well, if you look, it's basically all men that are that low IQ. There's a maybe tiny bit of women. It's almost all men in that extreme because only men are so have those extremes of that low IQ. Uh, feminists don't care about that. They don't want to talk about the homeless, the fact that homeless people are mostly men. 
but they do care about if I draw this little line on the other side. And we say this side, this is, these are the high IQ, you know, scientists. You know, I don't know if you can see that. Scientists, that kind of thing. People that with PhDs. If you look, actually, again, it's predominantly men. There are some women in there. But at both extremes, if you look at the population at both extremes, you will see it more men overrepresented. That is not bigotry. That is not sexism. That is science. I didn't invent the science. It doesn't benefit me. I don't think I'm at either one of those extremes. I'm not saying anything about me or Carrie or probably most of the people you know. But if you're going to look at the extremes on either end, you will see disproportionate number of men. That's, that's just the way it is. It doesn't mean that there's well, sex. No, and it also doesn't mean that there's no women who are on the extremes. It just means on average, most of the extremes are going to be men. People don't get... Yeah. Right. And people don't get they don't get math and they don't get averages. And that's why they get so that's why they got so upset about James Demore's uh, Google memo where he was talking about women. And like just because there's not 50 50 women in STEM doesn't mean that the only answer like this slide would say the only answer is sexism. And if you conclude anything else, then you're a bigot. Well, that's not scientific. That's not even factual. There's lots of reasons. And he was kind of going through some of those reasons. One of those reasons, and this is a very interesting stat, is women, I know we've mentioned it before, but women who, who are on the higher end of that spectrum, who are on that um, extreme end of the gifted spectrum in science and math, they usually tend to be very gifted in other areas as well, including, um, including verbal, including uh, you know, being able to articulate themselves well. Men who are on that high end of the spectrum in math and science are usually not as gifted in other areas like women are. So the very gifted women often have more options than the very gifted men. Right. And something, there's something about like, I think there's a disparity in like the Raven's matrix test, which is more spatial and math based stuff. I think there's a gender disparity there. Right. And, and on the, also on the verbal side in general, it doesn't mean there can't be brilliant male writers and it doesn't mean there can't be brilliant female physicists, but in general, absolutely yeah. in general. And people don't understand what in general means. They don't understand like what on average means. And I think that, that, that actually leads to so many problems in conversation because they don't, they just really don't understand averages. And, and it's like the stuff we talked about with uh, trans athletes, you know, it's like, it, the people who say stuff like, well, uh, you know, I'm a woman and I can run faster than my male cousin. It's like, yeah, neither of you are on the elite end of that bell curve, the extremes. Like, um, put, a, a, put a female track star up against a male track star and tell me that again, you know? <laughs> I mean, you can make arguments against stuff and I'm, I'm happy to hear counter arguments. But when someone says something like that, to me, that's just a signal that they're low IQ, right? That's like, I know a tall Chinese person. Yes. Yes, they exist. But that doesn't mean that on average, they are as tall as Swedes. Like that's just the way. That well, this some, sometimes they're low IQ, but other times they just, I mean, they really haven't had someone explain it to them in a way that makes sense before, I think. Maybe. So, maybe. I mean, I, I just, uh, it's not very difficult of a concept. My 10 year old understands the concept. I right. All I'm saying is some people haven't had it explained to them. So I'm glad you're explaining it. Well, there you go. That's the explanation. The other thing, which I thought you were going uh, this direction with your last comment, Carrie, but you went a different direction. Also valid. Uh, 
in societies in which there is more gender equality available, like where, where men and women, there's more, um, there's more actual gender equality, you tend to see women actually self-selecting uh, along different lines. Like they don't actually want to be doing as much STEM as men. You actually end up seeing um, in societies where there is more gender equality, you actually see a, a larger gap between the desires of men and women, what they want to be, all things being equal. Uh, the genders don't always choose the same career paths. So that's the other factor. The, the, one of the things that bothers me the most about this kind of stuff is it completely erases any form of agency from the, quote, marginalized groups or marginalized individuals. It says, oh, marginalized individuals aren't represented here. The only reason, like they couldn't possibly not want to be represented here. They must not have any agency. They must want the exact same thing that white males want because that's the thing that everyone wants. Like, don't, don't, take, don't take what white guys want and apply it to every other group. Not everyone is a white guy. Maybe not everyone wants the same thing. Maybe some groups want different things. Maybe there's preferences. And maybe, those, maybe that's not racist. Maybe there aren't. But it's like there certainly is evidence that there's preferences, at least among the sexes. Well, that does actually relate back to the point I made in, in a way, because it, like I said, those women who are highly gifted in STEM are highly gifted in other areas. And so they have more options. And yes, that, that's the whole point is that a lot of those women who are highly gifted in math are also highly gifted in other areas and they're choosing those other areas. Right. right. <laughs> who wants to choose? I mean, some women do, of course, but, but it's totally understandable that a woman who's highly gifted in a lot of different areas may not want to choose to sit in a lab, you know, 12 hours a day, uh, you know, when, the, when there are other things that she could be doing that she might find more interesting. And I don't know, like I, women tend to self-select like you're talking about. This, this is, this is what women and men tell researchers. This isn't an observation. This is what people say about themselves women self-report that they enjoy working with people and animals more on average on average women say this again men on average enjoy working with things more that's that's just, and i, and I yeah. think there's actually evidence from this uh i think they've done studies with both uh baby monkeys and baby humans uh human males their gaze will stay transfixed on objects more than people and for females it's people more than objects i don't know if it's objectively objects more than people but if you look at you compare the males to the females the females gaze will be on humans longer than the males the males gaze will be on objects more um and that's not this is you know this is pre quote social constructionism uh radical leftist this isn't this isn't gender as a social construct this is right out of the birth canal right this right away there's a there's a brain difference we know there's brain differences we know those brain differences are um, related to big five personality traits. Jordan Peterson's talked about women being high, higher in neuroticism and higher in openness, right? Um, I think maybe even higher, higher in agreeableness. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But there are, there are differences between, on average between men and women. So yeah, it doesn't say anything about what Carrie in particular wants. You can't make a judgment about an individual or what I want. But certainly if you're going to start looking at you know, large swaths of the population and, and start deciding you know, what percentage of what sex should be doing what thing, you've got to take that into account. Yeah. Well, the monkey study you're talking about is rhesus monkeys. And yeah. they, the male monkeys, the baby monkeys, they, the male monkeys 
prefer to play with, when they gave them both kinds of toys, prefer to play with trucks and things with wheels and dumpers and um, dump, dump trucks. And the, the girl monkeys like to play with the dolls and with the trucks. It was actually, they found more of a very specific with the male monkeys particularly did not like to play with the plush, like the dolls and stuff. I think we, I, I'm not totally sure about this and because my data is old. The last time I read a book about this in neuroscience was, was quite a long time ago, but I think, and it'd be great if someone knows if this is true, but I think there are more connections between hemispheres in the female brain on average. So um, men end up being more kind of compartmentalized and actually I think focus a little bit more and women on average um, kind of can survey uh, disparate things more, right? So there's, there's like more variety of interests there and less, less focus. I'm not totally sure, but that was my, that's my understanding. Um, well, I just looked it up as you were talking. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, male brains have more connections within hemispheres to optimize motor skills, whereas female brains are more connected between hemispheres. Okay, so I was right about that. Okay. Yeah, to combine analytical and intuitive thinking. Right. Right. Which makes sense why the female monkeys would be like, well, dolls and trucks are both interesting, but the male monkeys are like more OCD about the trucks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I think mean, that, that makes, that makes sense. Um, so the, you know, I'll, the, I'll, go ahead, Carrie. Go ahead. Well, I wanted to share something to go back to that original article about like, yeah, yeah. Hey ladies, I'm going to give up my promotion that I haven't gotten. Uh, I didn't send his like this and here's my Tinder profile. Right. It does. It's see. It's not necessarily about. I know. I know what the joke you're making, and I totally agree. Some men use this to get laid, but it's not even necessarily about that. It's just about the kudos and the virtue signaling. It's about the praise. It's like the Pharisees in the Bible. A friend of mine pointed this out. It's true. I I, I call the Pharisees are like the ones who pray on street corners. They're like the original virtue signalers. You know, like yeah. look at me praying. I am here. That's what that's what this article is like. I'm giving up this, aren't I wonderful? You know, like, it's just like, what? And by the way, this guy, this article, I was thinking, I would really like to tell him where he can shove his ego, his ego that he, he refers to as his privilege and his responsibility, but it's his ego. Um, and then I realized on this particular article, which isn't the case usually nowadays, that has a little email link. You can email this righteous author and tell him what you think. <laughs> Don't be mean. I'm just saying you can know what you think. Um, but I wanted to share this because it, it made me think of this. This is a Thomas Sowell quote. <laughs> Activism. Thomas Sowell, by the way. He, like, so good so often. He has so many great quotes, yeah. yeah. Activism is a way for useless people <laughs> to feel important, <laughs> even if the consequences of their activism are counterproductive for those that they claim to be helping and damaging to the fabric of society as a whole. That's what this guy is. He doesn't care that the consequences of what he's pushing is actually counterproductive for women and does not help women. It doesn't help women for people to think that any of our accomplishments we've gained because we're women and because there were slots set aside for us and because men weren't allowed to um, to apply for those slots and because men like this guy had to virtuously give up their promotion so that we could get ahead like that doesn't help women at all that sets women back you suck this guy sucks <laughs> well look I know you I know that you're like I get the joke you're making about sex I look I, I think even the applause fundamentally is related to uh, the desire for sexual 
status, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, Maybe, all, yeah. It's all related psychologically. It's just, he just wants to elevate himself uh, and differentiate himself among other men. Now, maybe he's yes, dead, yes, but you know, whatever. Uh, I, it's a, I, I think that's kind of the drive. But it, you know, it reminds me of um, Carrie. I was, I looked at this this morning because I knew we were going to talk about this article. Um, I, I think this was before you were involved, or maybe right as you were getting involved in Unsafe Space. It's, it was the sixth episode I did. Oh, and, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, it was the presentation from Dr. Alessandro Strumia from CERN. Um, who got in a lot of trouble for uh, actually trying to use reason to analyze, quote, gender bias in the sciences. Um, and so he's a theoretical phys physicist at CERN, and um, he put this presentation out. And uh, I basically just walked through the presentation. Um, it's always funny to look. I'm like, ooh, I was weird looking a year ago. And what, what a... What, <laughs> What an idiot. What a stupid show that what? is. But anyway, uh, I'm very self-critical. But uh, Oh, come on. Yeah, you were Go see it. I'll put the link below. But again, he walks through, he, he cites, um, he looks through citations, all the claims about bias, he, he walks through and tries to figure out whether there actually is bias. Um, and uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a good presentation to see if you're, if you're interested in a truth-based inquiry into bias in the sciences uh, because this is a truth-based, not a virtue-signaling-based inquiry. And, of course, he was skewered for it. But What was that point you made about it once where it's like all the women are choosing to go into gender studies and critical race theory? Right. And, then, and then they're like, Yes. Go ahead. Why aren't there more women in STEM? We yeah. need to go into STEM now that we've got our degrees in gender studies. We need to go into STEM now. And, and like, what? You chose gender studies. <laughs> yeah, I think that was actually a comic strip that he might have in the, it might be in that presentation. I don't remember. I didn't watch the video again. I think it might be in that presentation where there's a comic strip of like exactly that, right? Women arguing, more women in STEM, more women in STEM. And it's like, well, what'd you major in? Gender studies. It's like, well, look, if you majored in gender studies, uh, why are you complaining about women in STEM? <laughs> like, go into STEM. Go into STEM. But yeah, a lot of the complaints are people from non-STEM fields complaining about the lack of representation in STEM. And then they go in, and that's why the sciences are changing now, and that's why you see crap like that slide you showed. Well, but they don't really go in, right? They go into, they make, they make, the, they make the parallel fake sciences. So like, that's what oh, I mean. I but can't they're ruining them. But we'll do feminist astronomy. <laughs> They'll do feminist astronomy, but they're ruining them, and they're getting degrees, and their degree says astronomy, and they're not astronomers. They are feminists pretend, masquerading as scientists. Right. That makes me so angry. Right. Be a scientist. Don't go in there and try to change it and turn it into gender studies and call it science. And think about the long-term, think about the long-term effect of this. We're like, you build a bridge, it falls down and someone's like, what happened? Oh, well, it turns out she was a feminist engineer. Like, yeah. She like, she didn't have, I thought she had a degree in engineering who designed the bridge, but it was a feminist engineer. So, you know, it, it's not, you know, if you want to be an engineer, be an engineer. You want to be a scientist, be a scientist, but, uh, there's no such thing as feminist astronomy. Maybe there's feminist astrology, though. I'm not sure. Maybe you could major in that. Anyway, uh, I don't know. That's all I have to say about this. What about you, Carrie? 
Um, we can do a short confetti today. We did, you know, book club last night. I think this is good. Let's just, uh, uh, Phil, Phil Cassie, you suck. And any, you're very, any upset at, you're very mad at him. I just think it's funny. You're very like pissed off. Yeah. You suck because you're claiming to do something virtuous on behalf of women and you're setting women back and we don't need your sexist charity and we don't need people second guessing us because of, I'm trying not to name call because of people like you chauvinists like you and any women, any misguided female SJWs. And there are some of them on Twitter who are like, yeah, I feel Cassie. You can, those women mark my words wouldn't get anywhere were it not for positions that were set aside for women because they don't deserve to be in those positions. And that's why they're happy. They're excited because they're like, I might get something now because of my sex, not because I deserve it. Those women suck too. <laughs> often the people, often the people who are, um, actually in positions where there's set-asides, but they're already in them when the set-aside is created, often they end up opposing the set-aside because it's, their degree means something right now because yes. they earned it really. And now they're gonna, it's going to dilute the value of that degree, right? Or that position or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, think about it from a... This is the other... I've th- talked about this before, but like, just think about it in terms of like college, right? I know this is not this is not acceptance to college. This is a promotion, but think about it in terms of acceptance to college. So you're an employer someday and you've got two candidates coming from the same school with similar backgrounds and similar grades. Normally you would think that those be should be reviewed equally. You should like look at each as, as an individual, right? But if you know that like, oh, the standards for this one were lower to get into that college and that everything was easier for that one, it, it's going to be, you know, you'll have to work consciously quite a lot to fight the bias against the person that you know the standards are lowered for. Like, you're going to assume that since the standards were lower, they're not the same, and they might actually be better than the person for whom the standards were lowered. You don't know, but because their standards were lower, you're going to assume that they're probably on average not as good as the person whose standards the standards weren't lowered for. So, you know, you're going to be like, well, I'll That's choose what, the Asian person who I knew couldn't, it was really hard to get into Harvard rather than the Latino person who I knew it was easier for them to get into Harvard. And, you know, the Latino person might be better, but you're going to have a naf- natural inclination to favor the, the Asian person simply because the standards are different. It's, and it hurts the Latino person. It hurts. Well, that's what I'm saying. But it, this hurts women. This hurts women. And setting aside positions that only women, it hurts women. For that exact reason. That's why I'm angry. And, if, and yeah. then if you go for those positions and you get them, and now every person is second-guessing that you got it because of your sex. Right. Screw that. Just make merit. How hard is this to comprehend? Make everything based on merit. I don't want to miss out on something because I'm a woman, and I don't want to get it because I'm a woman. Go you F yourself, Carrie. Phil Cassie. <laughs> Yay, Carrie. That, can we end on that rant? That was awesome. Yes. Thank you, Carrie. That was a great rant. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Um, we will return tomorrow for some more Kofefi. And if you're lucky, Carrie will also be livid about whatever it is we're talking about tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow for another exciting episode.